Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, hello, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm your host, Lindsay McAllen, and it's a pleasure to be here today. And this is my last show with Voice America. So I'm just going to say that right up front so, so that I can take this moment to stop, pause, and breathe <laughs> into that. Uh, and this show is really going to be about my journey to this decision we're going to be talking about how we can navigate through burnout and reclaiming a sense of wholeness. And this is really about the heroine's journey and the seeker's journey. And we're going to t- talk more about that, but it is an integral for us to always start with a pause, with a pause and a breath. So as we always do, let's take this moment wherever you are to stop, stop the busyness of your day Place your hands upon your body wherever you feel like you need a blessing, a healing, or just just some love. And then we'll take a nice deep breath in together and out together. And doing that as many times as you need. Deep breath in, deep breath out. And allowing the breath to be this tether that pulls you away from the distractions and into the stillness, stillness that resides within you, perhaps drawing you into the sacred abode of the heart where all the answers that you seek reside. Deep breath in, deep breath out. I'm just continuing to do this throughout the show, if you wish, but because I'm leading the show, I need to come back. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you've lost your sense of wholeness? When what has been working or once was working in your life no longer fits and you just really don't know what to do because, okay, I've been doing this one thing for so long and it's fit. Now it doesn't. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you the, my personal journey of burnout and reclamation of wholeness. And this is going to come through the lens of the heroine and seeker's journey, which you might be familiar with and you may not. And, you know, I have mixed feelings about this being my, my last show with Voice America because committing to a live show every week takes a lot of work. You put everything into this and I've been doing this for over a year and yet it also creates a lot of stress because it's, it's live. It's every week. You have to find a guest, a new guest every single week and interview them before the show send them all the things, follow up after the show and, and really, you know, do a lot of research to make sure that you are being the best host possible and asking really great questions. And, you know, it lights me up every week to have these purposeful conversations with women and diving into such a vast array of topics and highlighting how many different paths there are out there that can lead us to thriving and recognizing that one path is not better than the other. And that every woman has her own sacred journey to take. And by having this platform to share the stories of other women, to share my story, what happens is we can come to a realization that we don't need to follow a prescribed path in order to be successful, happy, or worthy. 
that we simply need to align with and follow our hearts unapologetically. That's what this show is all about. It has always been about is tapping into the innate wisdom of your heart, listening to it, trusting it, and following it unapologetically. And so this is one of the reasons it's difficult for me to step away because this is something that is very much aligned with my heart. But what I have come to realize is there has been a slight mismatch between what I am wanting to create and how I'm going about creating it. And this mismatch has been leading me um, on a slow burn. And so I'm going to share more with you about um, this process of the heroines and the seeker's journey, those stories, and how by committing to my process that I am on my way back to finding wholeness and a new way of living that ensures my evolution and a greater expression of what wants to come through me and the joy and the prosperity that can come with that without the burnout, without the burnout this time. I'm, I'm putting my stake in the ground. I'm saying I'm doing it differently this time <laughs> because I've experienced through this past couple years is that um, varying degrees of burnout. And it wasn't until my conversation with Amelia Nagoski, the co-author of Burnout, she was on Women Thriving Unapologetically a few months ago. And in that conversation, I realized, you know what? I've never actually gotten out of burnout. I remained in a slow burn. So I've been like these, these hot embers that never go out and they only need just a little extra kindling to turn into a fiery blaze. And so like so many ambitious women, I was falling into the trap of believing I just needed to send out one more email, just work a little bit harder, put in a few more hours, you know, maybe perhaps do a little bit more social media, another live, another webinar, maybe one more online course, create more free content. <laughs> and if I did all of these things, my suffering, because I was suffering, all that suffering would manifest into abundance and ease. Now, this is what we're taught at an early age, that suffering and struggle are the way to show that we are worthy of a life of abundance. And if we suffer just enough, it's going to pay off. But this is BS. This is total freaking bullshit. And it goes against, and it's bullshit because it goes against the laws of nature. And so the never-ending busyness, the constant doing, the chronic low-level and at times high-level stress have numbed my receptors to my spirit. And I am a spiritual being. I'm on a, a spiritual path. I am a seeker, capital S-E-E-K-E-R. Oh, I thought I wasn't going to spell that right. <laughs> so my receptors have been dulled. My senses have been dulled. And I, in dulling my senses and my connection to spirit, my enthusiasm has become dampened. I've lost connection to my enthusiasm and my passion for my work and my vision. And that has affected my life in a multitude of ways. And one of the signs that I've been experiencing of burnout is this feeling that I have accomplished nothing, which again is BS. But this is the feeling that I have that all of my attempts at success have failed. And I have this nagging voice in my head that I need to do more. If only I did more, I'd be successful. But at the same time, I have nothing left to give. There's nothing. I am tapped out and uninspired. I don't feel like me. And so what do you do when you don't feel like you and you have nothing left to give and yet you have this massive vision that you want to bring into fruition? Because I'm an incredibly creative woman 
And when I am well rested, when I am connected to spirit, there are endless ideas and enthusiastic, um, uh, there's, there's enthusiasm that comes through me that can't be contained. And it's like I have a thousand ideas that float around like dandelion seeds, and they're just seeking fertile soil to land upon and take root. And each one of these seeds holds a dream, an idea, a vision that I have for my life and my work. And each one holds the promise. It has is tightly encapsulated within a minuscule seed that just is being kept afloat by this umbrella of wishes. Now, not all of these ideas, these seeds that float around in my consciousness are meant for me. And this is the thing that we must understand is that not everything that comes into our consciousness is meant for us because some of these seeds have been created, germinated from within my soul. And some ride the air currents of past generations, currents of what I was taught in school or the currents of a myriad of outer influences. And it can be really confusing to distinguish the differences when all of these seeds look so similar. And when I get swept up in the momentum of a current that follows a well-worn groove and way of doing things, it's even harder to distinguish and pull away just get a get greater perspective of which ones are mine. And it's really hard when I start to listen to outside voices, outside points of view. And when, especially when I start to compare, like remember comparison is the death of joy. And when I start to compare my progress with the progress of others in my field, and when I measure my worth based on other people's external successes and gains, then I really cannot distinguish what is mine. And I start to get really confused. And so I have been sensing this discord within for some time of, because I was doing this, I have this vision, but then I have all this outside influence telling me what to do and how to do it. And it wasn't feeling aligned, but at the time I didn't know what else to do. So I was like, okay, I just need to push through. I just need to push through the discomfort. And that doesn't mean that Pushing through the discomfort isn't something that we have to do at points in our time. But there was a discord. I just knew that the way that I was doing this really didn't feel aligned. It wasn't that I was aligned and I was resisting it. It was just, it wasn't aligned. And I was like, but I had no other way of knowing or doing things. So I decided to push through. And so with decades of inner work, I never thought I would be in this place. At age 51, I feel like I'm the cliche. I mean, here I am at midlife, feeling lost, feeling uncertain. I'm totally uncertain about my path now. I have a vision, but I don't know the path. I'm not even sure if the vision is what I am meant to hold on to. I'm not certain because I, and because I don't know the path or have uncertainty of all the things. I don't know what the next steps are going to be. And here I am fully aware of this thing called burnout. And I'm not recognizing the signs within my own body and my mind. And here I am feeling like a burnt piece of toast that has no amount of scraping that will make it salvageable. My grandmother always used to do that. She would burn her toast and she would just scrape it off and then eat the toast. But I'm telling you, I feel so burnt out. You can't scrape. It's all, it's all, it's all charred. (laughs) And, you know, I really wanted to believe that I wouldn't fall into the same traps as my mentors who have guided me 
the teachers who have pointed to history and the authors whose work I have devoured and who spin the cautionary tale. And yet here I am. I'm the yoga teacher, the meditation teacher, the spiritual mentor. I'm a women's spiritual empowerment coach. (laughs) And I'm also an occasional writer and I'm being humbled by life again. And here I am yet again on the heroines and seekers journey. And so many of you may have heard of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. And in comparative mythology, the hero's journey is the most common template of stories that involve a hero who embarks on a great adventure and is victorious in a decisive crisis and comes home changed or transformed, has this all this great wisdom that he has learned on his path. And this template is not only used for Disney movies, because Disney is really uses this template to exhaustion, and, but it's also reflective of the process we must go through for our own evolution and spiritual growth. However, ladies, there is also a heroine's journey and a seeker's journey. And the heroine's journey is one of balance and wholeness. It's a lot less linear than the hero's journey. And this balance or wholeness isn't set in stone. So you can go through this whole journey and reach wholeness. And guess what? It might not stick forever. It's not because it's not meant to stick forever. And we can feel whole and imbalance at one junction in our life and completely feel off balance and disconnected in others. And this is just part of riding that wave of life. And so the heroine, hero's journey sometimes makes us believe that, oh, we just take this linear path towards this goal and we'll gain it and then everything's great. The heroine's journey is like, hey, we have this journey to wholeness, this deep inner journey that will get us to a certain level until we're ready to grow and evolve again. And then we'll do it again. And then we'll realize, oh my gosh, I have to evolve again and go through the process again and again and again throughout our whole life. There's no end to it. And so at the start of a seeker's journey, the seeker has a functional and meaningful understanding of themselves and the world around them and their relationship to the world. So essentially what happens is that the seeker's journey starts at the end of the heroine's journey. So you go through this heroine's journey to wholeness. And then when you have this sense of wholeness is when the seeker's journey actually begins. And so don't worry, I'm going to go through all the steps with you and hopefully you'll follow along with this. You might even want to take some notes. So as I mentioned, at the start of a seeker's journey, you have this greater understanding of yourself because you've gone through the heroine's journey. You have an understanding of yourself, how you relate to the world, how you relate to other people. And you're starting to like enjoy our harmonious equilibrium between the sense of belonging and a sense of agency and empowerment. And so this sense of wholeness comes from a deep understanding and the ability to sustain a sense of belonging and autonomy all at once, because we all want to belong. We want to be part of something, a community, but at the same time, we also want to have autonomy. And so finding and creating a form of wholeness helps us, the seeker, you, me, navigate life's ups and downs without getting caught up in the chaos of all of it, being swept away. 
And so one way women reach that sense of wholeness is, as I mentioned, is through the heroine's journey. And let's start, so let's start there. What is the heroine's journey? And so to give you a little background, uh, Maureen Murdoch was a student of Joseph Campbell who created the hero's, hero's journey. Now, Maureen is celebrated because she presents an alternative narrative to the paradigm of the hero's journey. And it's specifically tailored to women's life journeys because our journeys are different. And while she was a student of Campbell, she realized that his hero's journey was really insufficient in addressing the psycho-spiritual past undertaken by women. And so she even showed Joseph Campbell in 1983 her framework for the, the, the heroine's journey. And it's reported that he said that women don't need to make the journey. In the whole mythologi- mythological journey, the woman is there. And she has, all she has to do is realize that she's the place that people are trying to get to. Now, we can look at this a couple of ways. Uh, it's possible that Campbell regarded the hero's journey as a quest for wholeness where men living in a patriarchal society that undervalues feminine qualities must reclaim these qualities and values in order to achieve completeness. However, it also seems that Campbell either lacked interest in women reclaiming qualities lost to them through cultural conditioning or those that were never fully recognized as rightfully theirs. So women go through a journey as well. And Maureen Murdoch was highlighting this in her heroine's journey. And that because the woman is always there in the hero's journey, doesn't mean a woman doesn't need to go through her own journey. And so regardless of Joseph Campbell's response to Maureen's heroine's journey, she was convinced that women need to embark on their own unique psycho-spiritual journeys and quest. And this is what led her to develop the heroine's journey and to share it with the rest of the world for us to, for us women to be able to have a framework for our own paths. And so when I was sitting down and reflecting on what my last show would be with Voice America, because it's been a beautiful journey, Voice America has been an incredible platform for me to grow and evolve my vision for women thriving unapologetically and for this show and to receive the support I needed because I was overwhelmed and I needed a framework and a team to help me where it could, because I knew that with everything that I had on my plate, I wouldn't create the time to do it. I needed the accountability and they've been there for me this whole time. And it's been wonderful, but I realized that I'm at a point in my journey that something needs to shift. Something's just not quite aligned. And so when I was reflecting on this last show, I was like, Oh, the heroine's journey gently landed into my consciousness like a, like a dandelion seed where it began to root and take grow and to grow. So I'm going to share with you the steps of the heroine's journey and the seekers and how it relates to my own life. So let's first, I'll re- first reiterate that the heroine's journey recognizes that our path is not linear and that we can also be in multiple stages in our journey all at once, and that there is no final stage because it's a continuous flow that, and that as we move through these stages throughout life, we have an awareness that we might come back to this again and again and again. And that's the beauty and the complexity of the journey of the feminine. The journey of the feminine is mystical and magical, and it works with unseen forces. So if any of the stories that I share with you today 
about what I perceive to be my magical and mystical journey make you feel uncomfortable or you struggle with the validity of them, I just invite you to explore your connection to the feminine because it is the feminine that holds the key to our magic, that holds this tether to the unseen realms and the ability to sense and see what others cannot and that we don't need the the validation of others to trust our intuition and what we are experiencing in our bodies, in our minds. And so if you have experiences that you cannot explain and want support in understanding them, I highly recommend that you reach out to Paula Candler. Now she is a dear friend of mine, but she's also an amazing practitioner of energy medicine, structural alignment, and practical magic. I lean into her support all the time when I have visions, when I have experiences that I can't explain, because sometimes because we're so in it, we can't see it. And so it's helpful to have someone who is experienced in this to help us get a broader perspective, to step outside of the intensity of the experience and to see what could possibly be happening. And she's amazing at that because she's incredible at helping me decipher and bring um, my physical and subtle body back into balance. So highly recommend Paula Candler and it's easy to spell C-A-N-D-L-E-R and she's online, easy to find. So let's go back to the heroine's journey. Um, we're bringing ourselves back into wholeness. So the heroine's journey is about bringing balance to yourself, reclaiming your self-worth, coming into wholeness and seeking a new identity. Now, it sounds like a lot of work, doesn't it? But it's essential. It's essential for our growth and our evolution. If we're not growing, if we're not evolving, then we're stuck and we're stagnant. And in stuckness and stagnancy, we feel depressed, lonely, separated, and life feels heavy. And so we do this journey as an inward journey, not an outer one. And we commit to this quest for wholeness because we know that when we do, we change within us. And then when we change within us, we start to change the world around us. And so the first stage is to start to come to recognize that you're in that state of wholeness. And so actually the first step for the heroine is, well, the first two stages, let me say this, for the hero's heroine's journey is we separate from the feminine and we begin to identify with the masculine. Now, the feminine can be a mother figure or a mentor figure or a societal prescribed feminine or marginalized or outsider role. And it usually is the starting point based on some kind of distress or longing that there, um, and there's a background assumption that some kind of societal prescription is the means to success. And the heroine embarks on this transformative journey where she makes choices that deviate from societal expectations, where she challenges predetermined roles or ventures into spheres traditionally associated with masculine or dominant identity. So in doing so, the heroine prepares to confront and, and overcome the constraints imposed by organizations, roles, or groups that restrict her life choices. So for me, the separation from the feminine was not deliberate or conscious, nor was it a literal one. I didn't separate from my birth mother, but I did separate myself from the feminine energies that were within me. I absorbed the beliefs of my culture at a subconscious and often conscious level, I believed that the masculine was fitter, stronger, and better. And to prove myself, I had to adopt a masculine approach to work, life, relationships, and even my spiritual practices, pushing myself to depletion, forcing myself to do things that didn't feel aligned, but someone was telling me would be the answer. 
or competing with others instead of collaborating, wanting to achieve more at all costs, to fiercely protect my work from others that might want to steal or copy it. And I also love, you know, I wanted to protect my loved ones to a fault. That's that's the masculine trait is protect, but when it's out of balance, it's to a fault. I would find myself fighting their fights instead of allowing them to find their own strength and fight for themselves. Or I would protect them so much because I was actually trying to protect myself from getting hurt. And so along the way, what happens is the heroine will encounter these trials and meet people that want to try to dissuade her from her her pursuing a chosen path or who wanted to try to destroy her. And we've seen this for hundreds of years. Whenever a woman steps outside of a predetermined societal role, she's vulnerable to vicious attacks. All we have to do, turn on social media, look at our politics, look at our government. It's all there. But for me, the obstacles, the demons that I had to overcome have always been inner ones. And they have really stepped in my way of living the life that I've wanted. And so I work with and teach women how to awaken feminine energies within them. And I use goddess archetypes and practices to help with this awakening. So much like the goddess Durga, who is a badass warrior goddess and who holds the Shakti energy of strength, protection, community, and willpower, I have had to stand on the battlefield and muster that kind of Durga strength, the Durga indomitable will to overcome my own ignorance and ego and my fears and doubts and my past and to use as many tools that I had. Like Dorga has like so many tools. Some say she has 10 arms or eight arms and in each one she has a weapon. And so there's many different types of weapons or tools that we need to help us move away from patterns that really keep us from our authentic joy. And so the heroine has to overcome obstacles in her own unique way. Now, this is typically where the hero's journey comes to an end. Like, you know, you overcome the obstacle, then you go home a changed person. But this past spring, I attended the Her Festival in Maine, and this was led by six women, five of which have actually been on Women Thriving Unapologetically show. And it aligned with the, the lunar eclipse. And the lunar eclipse is a powerful portal And I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that. That's not the purpose of the show, but I had a mystical experience during that lunar eclipse. I had gone for a walk in the woods. I had been to the Her Festival the previous year and and had recalled this magical, magical hike. And I wanted to go back to that same hike. I wanted to relive that experience. And so I got in my car and I found the trailhead and I started on this walk, but immediately something seemed different. A lot of trees had fallen down, hundreds of trees. The trail didn't look the same. I was having a hard time finding the trail because a lot of the trees that had the trail markers on them had fallen down. And I soon became lost in the woods. I'm like, I don't know where I am. And so I had to start backtracking. And as I started backtracking, I I found the trailhead and I had a choice to go back to my car, call it a day, or just go plow forward. And so I decided to push forward. I wanted to do this trail. I wanted to relive this experience. And as I was walking through the woods, you know, the lighting was odd. It was just that kind of over really overcast day. And I just could sense a shift in the energy in the woods, but I kept going. 
you know, because I had a goal in mind. I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention to everything. You know, I was paying attention to what was going on around me, but I was going to push through to meet my goal. And what I soon noticed is that as I'm walking, like I, it was really difficult. The footing was off. The trail was washed out. There were sinkholes everywhere. Trees were falling down everywhere. It was hard to find my way. The branches and bushes were pulling at my sweater, my hair, my pants, my backpack. It was really hard. It wasn't anything like the hike that I had done the previous year, but I kept pushing. Like, I don't care how hard this is. I'm doing this. And even when I got to the, the point in the trail near the lake that I wanted to visit, I noticed that it was all washed out. I couldn't even get to where I wanted to be. And I realized, I looked at the time and I had to be back at a certain time and I was running out. I had already been in the woods an hour. And in that, in that hour, when I was walking through the woods, I was starting to see things these huge creatures running beside me at full speed. You know, I'm seeing these things out of my, from my peripheral vision. And do I stop? No, because I had a goal. I had to go. And I was just seeing these massive creatures just running beside me. And of course, when you turn your head to see, there's nothing there, but you're like, okay, there was definitely something there. And so I had a choice to continue on this path or turn around. And so what I did is I stopped and I paused and I breathed into my body and I muscle tested, which way am I meant to go? And I didn't complete the path. I decided to go back the way that I had come. And in that moment, I realized I had this awareness that I'm trying to recreate something from my past. And then going back into my past is is challenging and there's obstacles all around. It's not, it's difficult and it's never going to be as beautiful as what lies ahead of me. And so I made that decision in that moment that I was going to close that portal to my past. I was going to let go of how difficult everything had to be, the pushing and the striving to meet a particular goal and doing everything at all costs, even if it was uncomfortable, and to let go of all those demons of my past that are always running side by side with me and to let them go. And on the way out, after I made that decision, the sun came out, I started to run. And I am not a runner. I hate to run. My body hates to run. But I felt agile in that moment. And I was able to spring and bounce from rock to tree, overcome all these different obstacles with so much greater ease until I came out. And it took me half the time to go back in the way that I was meant to go towards my future and not go back into my past. And that in that moment was me, the heroine, overcoming these parts, these demons of my past, standing on that battlefield and saying, no, it's enough. I'm going to stop doing the things the way that I have been doing them. And this is indicative of that step where the heroine realizes that her attempt at adopting the masculine or the dominant identity is too limited. Our success in this new way is is temporary, illusionary shadow. It requires a betrayal of ourself over time. And it leads either to a death of sorts or spiritual thirst. And I had have been thirsting for a new way of growing my business that doesn't follow the prescription of my business coaches. I've never felt fully uh, the boons of success by following a masculine approach. Instead, I simply feel exhausted, deflated, and often defeated. And I now realize I was betraying part of myself. And that part that I was betraying was the feminine. And this is where on the heroine's journey, we come into this initiation, the descent into the goddess, where the heroine faces that crisis and understands that there has to be a new way. Um, And sometimes we can fall into despair when we realize things haven't been working. But 
all of the masculine or dominant group strategies, you know, have failed the heroin. And for me, you know, I had spent so much money. I'm not even going to tell you how much money I spent for coaches and mentors and teachers to show me the way to success. And, you know, whether that success was for my business relationships or, or spiritual enlightenment, all of them, male and female included, were guiding me based on a masculine approach. And it had worked for them. And that's great that it worked for them, but it wasn't working for me. No matter how hard I tried, how many hours I put in, something wasn't align, aligning. And I felt I was constantly failing and only getting a trickle of the results promised. If only I did this one practice or applied this one strategy or put a few more hours in a day. But there are really magical things that happen when we start to descend into the goddess and align with those goddess energies, those innate feminine shaktis, the feminine energy. And one of the things that helped me let go of a masculine approach was when my spiritual teacher used his power position to sleep with the student. And there's a lot of argument over if that's true or not, but he's admitted to that, maybe not in the way that I've worded it, but something, but he would pontificate over and over again to us not to sleep with our students. And so in that moment of that realization, I felt this curious thing happen. I felt a sense of freedom to be me and explore a new path. And I separated from the teacher, but took the teachings with me. And when I took the teachings with me without that teacher, the goddesses started to speak to me. This intuition started to open up. I get intuitive hits and meditation and curiosities about goddess practices started to emerge. And with that, I created the Awaken the Divine Feminine program, which is this incredible sacred container for women to gather and explore the practices that rekindle the feminine energies and powers within them so that they can come back into wholeness. And what I didn't realize is that in creating this program, I was creating it for me as well. I was taking the journey as well. And this is the part of the heroine's journey where we, ur we urgently yearn for this connection with the feminine. And, but we realize that we can't go back to who we were. We, we have to heal this connection to the mother. Maybe it's the great mother. Maybe it's our birth mother. And we feel this split and we have to heal those wounds and reclaim those parts of ourselves that we have lost or forgotten. And part of us for women is to heal that wounding that has been put upon us, the separation from our own feminine energies, these energies that represent different aspects of the great mother. And in the reclamation, we start to come into wholeness. We start to feel ourselves come into wholeness and we can start to see through a different lens and a new, see a new perspective. And so when we, but at the same time as, ha as I was having this experience in, in my group and doing all the practices that I was offering for the women in the group, I was awakening to these feminine capacities and at the same time conducting my business from a masculine approach still because I didn't know how else to do it. And so as I was awakening this wisdom within, I was simultaneously realizing my work was killing me. One day I woke up with this massive headache, migraine, the one of the worst migraines I've ever had in my life. And I was desperate for it to the, the pain to release. I mean, I was going on 12 hours of nonstop pain and I drew an Epsom salt bath and I was laying in the bath and I was in this whole brain approach is where you cross your wrists and your ankles in a particular way. This is a psych K approach that I um, know from my trainings. And I was laying there. And as soon as I went into the whole brain posture, 
I felt this vision come in. And sometimes when we are in intense pain, uh, it can lead to visions. And I felt myself being pregnant. I actually literally felt myself fully pregnant. And I had this realization that I've been holding on to this baby. I've been gestating for over three years. And this baby represented my work. And as you know, it's like you can't gestate that long um, without killing yourself or, and even killing the baby. And so I was, had this experience of giving birth in the tub of water. I mean, this might be graphic, but I was actually seeing and feeling myself give birth. And I've never given birth before, but it, I saw everything to a detail, the head crowning, the shoulder coming out, the umbil- biblical cord, the, the blood, all the fluids was filling the tub. And I'm laying there in this, this bath water full of blood and, and uh, bodily fluids holding this baby that was my work. And I didn't know what to do. And I knew I didn't want it because this baby had been killing me. I've been holding on to it for such a long time. And so I had to create a ritual around letting go of my, my work because this work and the way that I was doing it was not nurturing me. And, and so what I wanted to do was to be able to integrate a healthy approach, including the feminine and the masculine. I was seeking more of a feminine approach so that I could heal the, the feminine in the masculine. And so we have to be able to integrate masculine and feminine qualities and perspectives so that we can see through binaries and interact with a complex world that includes, but is also larger than me, that it's larger than me. It's larger than my personal lifetime or my cultural environment. And so the separation from the feminine is what all heroines need to learn from. We need to learn that our femininity is vital by first separating from it and learning that the masculine traits by themselves cannot help us. They could actually kill us. They're toxic for our bodies. And it is a natural progression for a woman to want to separate from her femininity when she is living in a society where masculinity is the only thing that is praised. And at first, we may view ourselves as being subversive and strong by separating from society's gender roles. However, the moral of the heroine's journey is that it's not the best way to counteract patriarchy and that we must return to our femininity and female strength to succeed. And this is why I believe I was guided and had the inspiration to create the program Awaken the Divine Feminine. As I mentioned before, it's not just for other women to awaken the feminine energies and shakis within them, but for me as well. And this journey it was, was an incredible opportunity to lean into a feminine way of leading. I didn't have everything planned out. Each month, I would just open myself up to divine grace and allow the goddess that was meant to be supportive for that month to flow in. It meant a lot of extra work on my end because I had to create videos and classes sometimes at the last minute, but it was really trusting in the divine process. And so where does the seeker's journey fit into this? So as you may recall, that on a seeker journey, you begin with a sense of wholeness and you have a functional and meaningful understanding of yourself and the world around you. And you have a understanding of your relationship to all things, including nature. And so 
And the heroine's journey, wholeness is that ultimate goal. And so that was part of the Awaken the Divine Feminine program. We're coming back into wholeness. We're opening up all of these, awakening all these divine feminine energies within us that have been dormant or pushed aside or made to feel unworthy that needed to be healed and transformed and brought back into the forefront so that we can feel all of ourselves again, the masculine and the feminine come to balance. But once you have that, this is where we can open up to the seeker's journey. We start with a sense of wholeness. And what the seeker's journey recognizes is that, you know, we are constantly evolving. And we, and so that this journey is never an end destination. The reality is that we are constantly evolving and our understanding of ourselves and the world around us can change as we constantly evolve. I'm sure that you can remember some beliefs that you held when you were a teenager. And now you're like, oh my gosh, I don't believe that at all because I've evolved so much. And this is going to continue this way for your lifetime. Now, this doesn't invalidate the wholeness that you once achieved and once felt. It just means that it may no longer be relevant to the present circumstances. And it can feel at that time when you don't feel wholeness again, it can feel like a loss of inspiration as it has for me. You could feel like you're no longer sure of what to do or how to reclaim a sense of purpose that you once had. So something in your life just feels misaligned and it is uncomfortable. I'm telling you, it is uncomfortable. <laughs> so, but as a seeker, you become aware of this discrepancy and between your understanding of life and your actual lived experiences. And then you realize this is a signal. This is where I'm going to start this journey because there's an imbalance here and you have to be a and balance is what we really want to bring into our lives. So we're acknowledging that there's a disparity between our beliefs and how we're living. And then it's that recognition of that mismatch that prompts the seeker's journey. And so at this crossroads on your path, you have a choice, you know, you can acknowledge the mismatch, the mismatch, and you can recognize your desire to change and you get to choose whether you're going to align with the world's view or you're going to shift your reality. And so nevertheless, you, it, it's up to you what you choose, but it involves a purposeful exploration to gain a fresh understanding of yourself, the world, and your relationship to it. And so this is where I find myself. I'm at this crossroads where I have come in, I was come into wholeness, feeling aligned, and all of a sudden something's mismatched. And I'm recognizing that mismatch and I've identified what it is, the way that I'm doing my business from a masculine approach isn't aligning with the, the sacred divine awakening of the feminine offerings that I'm teaching and guiding women through. And so I'm at this crossroads where I'm like, okay, there's this disparity and the energy and the intention. Now, what am I going to do? Now, from here, this is where the seeker, me, and perhaps you get to decide how to resolve that mismatch. Now, my, pay, my passion is to awake a more integrated way of living, loving and leading. And for that to happen, for me personally, it's a reclamation of the feminine. And the most feminine way I know to find the answers I seek is to rest. It's to rest, get still, and listen. So... You're like, okay, that sounds lovely. I wish I could do that. Well, you know what? I don't feel like I can either. I'm not a trust fund baby. I don't have people financially backing me. I don't have sponsors for my show. 
but I'm at a crossroads where if I continue to do the way that my business and my life, the way that I've been doing it, it's just, it's going to feel like death and, and it's not going to lead me to a place of fullness, generosity, love, compassion. It's going to take me further and further away from that. So I don't have a choice in my, it, this is, this is Durga telling me this, this goddess of strength and indomitable will that's saying, Hey, you know what? You know, it's not a, sometimes that battle, that inner battle is to say no to the cultural norms and to say no to the demons in the, in your head that are telling you that you have to do things this way, or the demons of fear that say you're going to fi- be financially destitute if you take any rest. I think there's a lot of women out there that have experienced that. There's actually been studies out there that show this is one of the deepest fears that women feel in their whole bodies is that, you know, destitution, complete and total destitution. And it's one of mine. And so I have to meet that fear. And the way that I'm meeting that fear is putting, putting everything down and getting still. And so until then, until I, until I rest, I cannot move on to the final step in that seeker's journey, which is to take action to create change. Because right now, if I were to take any action, it's misaligned action. And misaligned action is a waste of energy. And for someone that is feeling exhausted or burnt out, what is the point? What is the point? Because whatever I create from a misaligned place is never going to take me to the place where I want to be. It's never going to be the nourishment that my, my sacred vision needs to come into full fruition, to fully blossom and to grow. And so the rest has to happen. It is a radical, radical movement. It's a radical protest. It is probably the most powerful thing that a warrior goddess could do is to say no. It's not always about the fight and pushing forward. It could be the reclamation of rest. And so in play too, I've forgotten what play is like. So when we are powerful alignment takes rest. And this is not actually part of the seeker's journey or the heroine's journey. And it's most certainly not part of the hero's journey. But this is an integral part of my journey. And I would argue it is an essential part of all of our journeys. That is, if what we seek is a new way of living, loving and leading that is aligned with the heart. That is, if we want to seek full permission to honor our unique pace, our own unique pace and rhythm to life. And if what we seek is a reawakening of the divine in our lives, in our hearts. So if we want all of these things, we must rest, get still and learn to listen and trust the wisdom that lies within and stop listening to all the voices outside of our head to stop comparing ourselves to the way everyone else has been doing it. Because we can actually see the results of the way that people have been doing things. Yes, they might have a certain amount of success that we might determine, you know, might, you know, define as money or accolades or a certain number of achievements. But what else are they getting out of doing things a particular way? More exhaustion, more overwhelm, more depression, more loneliness, more chronic illnesses, more separation from spirit, more destitution of the environment, desecration of the environment, both inner and outer. And so I'm saying, fuck no, I'm tired of it. And I've been saying no for a while, but I was still doing things. I was 
I was thinking I was changing the way I was doing things, but I wasn't fully changing it. And I'm ready to fully change it. And the reason I wasn't fully changing it before is because I didn't know what to do. There's no blueprint for this way. This work as women, we are recreating the paradigm. And it takes it takes that Dorga strength. It takes that indomitable will, that determination to build and protect a new community, one that is nourishing and loving, has the the fierceness of the warrior spirit, but also the warrior spirit that, that is rooted in motherly love. And so right now, right now I feel like a thousand dandelion seeds dispersed in the four directions. They are all over the place. I have, I guess I'm a very creative person. I have ideas that are floating out there and they're not taking root right now. They haven't landed in, in any fertile soil because during this time of pause through rest, you know, I hope to find some stillness within so that the winds of my mind, the constant movement of my thoughts, the constant need to be doing something will settle enough for the right seed, the one that is meant to grow within me can find a home in my heart. And I cannot say where I'm going to land after this pause. I can't say how long my pause is going to be. As soon as I start to put, you know, um, barriers around that, I can feel myself resist that. I was like, this is really, truly the feminine. Let's go into a space that is completely unknown, undefined. Stop trying to define it as a week, two weeks. Stop trying to define what I'm going to do in that time. I've already started doing that. Oh, I'm going to paint the house. I'm going to go for walks. I'm going to go swimming. And and as I'm saying this to you right now, I'm like, that's not it. I'm going into this pause to listen each day and let myself be guided in that day. And so in doing that, all I know at this moment is that my heart is telling me to. That's it. I mean, as I'm talking to you, she's talking to me. And all I know is that we need to stop, pause, and breathe in life. And this is how we start every show, to stop pause and breathe. And I'm inviting you to do that now. Stop and pause and breathe in life. It's still. And for me, in that, I do hope to fall back in love with myself again. Fall back in love with my life again. Deep breath there. (laughs) Here comes, you know, if you were wondering, damn, she's doing good. She hasn't cried yet. There it is. You just had to wait for it. <laughs> so, yeah, I fall back in love with me, my life, and my work again. Because I do have a sacred duty on this earth that I want to fulfill. And what I do also know in this moment is how deeply grateful I am to all the amazing women. If you've been listening throughout this year, you know that we've had incredible women on this show all across the globe that have taken time out of their busy lives to come onto the show because they believe in the, the intention of this show. And, and by coming on the show, they have helped me grow and they've helped you grow. And they've given us both the strength to continue on our journeys and all of our journeys. We're on this journey together. We're separate, but we are together. And I am so 
grateful to each of you for listening and learning and thriving with me. Now, you're like, you don't sound like you're thriving. (laughs) I am. You know why? You've listened to several of our shows. We always define thriving not as an endpoint or destination. It's the, the ability to stay on course in spite of the challenges that you meet along the way, that you continue your journey in spite, despite, in, despite the, the circumstances of your life. And the caveat to that is that you're doing that by staying aligned with your heart, that you're listening to your heart. And even if your heart is telling you to do something that, you're, that other people, your culture, your family, your own mind is telling you not to do, you follow your heart. Because listening to your heart and following her guidance will always take you on the path that is meant for you, your own unique heroine's and seeker's journey. And oftentimes, thriving is resting. Resting unapologetically. I want to work on that one because I keep apologizing for the time that I'm taking off. I'm like, no, this is what my heart is telling me to do. My whole body is telling me this, to stop, pause, and breathe. And so here we are already at the end of this final radio show with Voice America. But let's know that this, that any ending is at the same time a new beginning. So if you are listening on Voice America's platform, be sure to be on my mailing list so that you can be a part of the new beginning and be the first to know when Women Thriving Unapologetically comes back online and where to find me in the show, find our new home. So you'll just do this. It's super easy. Go to my website, lindsaymccowan.com to sign up and stay in touch. That's L-Y-N-S-I-E-M-C-K-E-O-W-N.com. Super easy because my intention is to build a network of resources, including the resources of our guests together under one platform for you to be able to take this journey to awakening and wholeness and to build a community of women who rise and thrive together and to support you in that reclamation. As Sue Young Lee says, reclamation is the process of claiming back one's wild curiosity, reasserting the need to live a vibrant impression on this short life. So ladies, let's claim our wild feminine nature and leave a vibrant impression upon the hearts and lives of this world. But first, let's us stop, pause, and breathe together and give each other full permission to rest. Let us rest and let the seeds settle so that we may grow and prosper into a new way of living, loving, learning, and leading. So much love for each and every one of you. Mm, mm, mm. Tears are coming. So definitely stay in touch so that you and me and everyone else in this community can stay together and rise and thrive. So reach out on my website, lindsaymccowan.com, sign up for the newsletter and email me. I'd love to hear from you. So until then, many blessings and much love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.